It started off, folks, with the legendary coaches, Paul W. Bear Bryant and General Robert Nealon. We've gone down to Nick Saban and another one of his former assistants, Jeremy Pruitt. It is Alabama-Tennessee week, the game Saturday. Bryant-Denny Stadium, 8 p.m. Central Time kickoff. First night game of the season. And if you are craving the preview, you've come to the right place. Hottest form of Alabama football news, notes, and information. This right here, in my own words, the podcast with yours truly, Stephen Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. As always, people, if you've been enjoying the content that's on this show, please give the show a like, give it a thumbs up, and subscribe as we continue to push to give you the absolute best in Crimson Tide news, notes, and information. But today got a great show planned out for you but before we dive into that this show powered sponsored by title tile our good friends at whitwillsports.com title tile the rally tile with benefits for the avid alabama sports fan it's only nine dollars and 99 cents last a lifetime so people you got that pride and purpose for your crimson tie for nick saban be sure to twirl that title tile in the air like you just don't care, getting a couple of those from our guys at WhitwheelSports.com. But two special guests join the hotline right now. We'll start this thing off with my man Trey Wallace, who covers the, who covers the Tennessee Volunteers for Fox Sports out of Knoxville. That is 105.7 on the FM dial, 1340 on the AM dial. We'll touch on Rocky Top with him, and then we'll catch up with my man Justin Smith, the scouting and recruiting analyst for Touchdown Alabama Magazine as big recruiting weekend for the tie. But we bring in my man Trey Wallace right now. Trey, happy to finally get you on here. I had talked with three different Tennessee guys trying to get somebody here on with me. Happy that you chose to take on the task of joining me. No, Stephen, it's good to be on, buddy. I hope everybody is well down in uh, my great state of Alabama. And I'm sure people are listening all over the country. But, uh, man, it's a pleasure to be on with you, brother. Excited to have Trey Wallace on here once again from Fox Sports in Knoxville, 105.7 FM, 1340 on the AM Dow. Well, Trey... You and I are deeply involved in this rivalry. Of course, you're covering it from the Tennessee side. I'm covering it from the Crimson Tides aspect, a rivalry that goes back deep. As I mentioned, get into the show from uh, Paul Bear Bryan and General Nealon to right now, you're looking at Nick Saban and uh, Jeremy Pruitt smoking cigars, just respect but hatred at the, uh, at the same time. And what's kind of the pulse right now in Tennessee, especially with this is the second year for Jeremy Pruitt. I know 2018 uh, not the best year at 5-7 and seven, his first year. However, you guys did get a win over Auburn, 30-24. to 24. You took out the number 12 ranked Kentucky, 24-7. to seven. But despite the fact that Pruitt was not the first guy on a lot of people's minds, you guys 
went ahead, brought him into the program. It's taken him a minute now to kind of get what he wants in terms of the culture, in terms of the recruiting and the playing staff that he wants these guys playing too. But what is the overall pulse right now when you gauge fans on the appreciation or the value or do they want Jeremy Pruitt there is my question. Yeah, I, I look, I think after the first game of the season, when you lose to a team like Georgia State, everybody's going to get up in arms. And that's completely understandable. Georgia State is in the same conference as my alumni, South Alabama. So I definitely understand where people would get agitated. Here's the thing. They come out against BYU and they showed some fight. They lost because a, a defensive back got missed up on a, on a coverage pretty much on the last play of the game. Um, and that's a tough play to lose. And, and then, you know, you meet Chattanooga, it is what it is, and then you go down and swap. And, and, you know, Tennessee, if they were smart enough, they probably could have had a 14-10 to 10 lead at halftime, and who knows what would have happened. But, you know, I think this Tennessee team really showed themselves against Georgia in the first half. I, this is, look, any other team in the country, they could potentially be folding up, you know, shop, being done. Tennessee comes out against Georgia. They give them a fight. Uh, second half, Georgia just got the tools to run the ball on them to wear them down. But then you look at what happened with the Mississippi State. And and I think this is a team that, 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 that finally put it all together is the best way to put it. Uh, offensively, they were just running the football. Defensively, seven sacks on the day uh, against Joe Moorhead's offense. They couldn't pick a quarterback. They didn't know if they were going to run with Stevens or Schrader. I just think it was an all-around great performance. And what it's done is it's getting Tennessee a little bit excited again, the fan base, in a sense that they know if they can get through Alabama, there is a path for them to make a bowl game, and then potentially some of your goals are still sitting right in front of you. Look, if you'd asked me that question four weeks ago, if Tennessee fans are ready to fire Jerry Pruitt, I'd have said, hell yeah, they were. Uh, I'd have thought it was stupid, but they were ready. Now, looking on it, uh, you know, four and a half weeks, five weeks later, Tennessee fans are comfortable knowing that they think Jeremy Pruitt is the guy that's going to be able to take them uh, into the future. Now, here's the big one, though. You can't go out and screw this thing up towards the end. You've got to win the month of November and the end of October. If you do that, you're setting yourself up for success in Tennessee. But, you know, hell, ask me that question again in four weeks. (laughs) We got Trey Wallace right here joining the show. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're just tuning into the podcast, in my own words, Wallace covering the Tennessee Volunteers for Fox Sports of Knoxville. That's 105.7 on the FM dial, 1340 on the AM dial. Now, Trey, Tennessee brings in two quarterbacks into this matchup, Jared Gorantano, the veteran, and uh, the freshman last name Maurer. Both guys bring something different to the table. Gorantano, a guy that can run a little bit, very strong arm. Mauer, going back to the uh, Georgia game, I watched him in that first half, really looked confident, threading the needle, uh, precision passing to players like Jawan Jennings, uh, Marquez Callaway, and also Josh Palmer. So you bring in two very capable quarterbacks, 
How does Pruitt plan to use both of these guys and also offensive coordinator Jim Chaney? How they plan to use both of these guys against Alabama? Will they rotate both? Do they feel comfortable with one? What is the prognosis or how does Pruitt plan to use both guys in this third Saturday in October matchup? I think, look, the problem that happened last Saturday was, was Brian Maurer decided if he didn't want to slide, he wanted to go head first. And when he did, uh, he kind of knocked himself silly. And they said he had a concussion. I, I don't know how you have a concussion, then you're at practice the next day. But it is what it is. We'll go by what the coaches say. Uh, but he was at practice Sunday night. He was practicing Monday. He practiced yesterday. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if Tennessee is going to roll out the true freshman uh, on Saturday night in Tuscaloosa. Now, here's the difference in what the two quarterbacks bring. Jared Garantano has had a lot of problems throwing the football and not holding on. He holds on to the ball for about two seconds longer than he usually should. And what happens is, is your guys you thought were open are not open. And I think this is a situation where Brian Bauer can get rid of the ball quicker you know Tennessee's got an offensive line that could potentially have some trouble with Alabama's defensive line. So you need a quarterback that can get rid of the ball. Brian Howard's definitely more mobile than Jared Garantano. He can get outside the pocket. He can scramble for that first down. Tennessee fans are just praying he slides. But Jared Garantano brings you leadership, and he brings you kind of a, um, I want to say a calmness factor. He did go into Auburn last year and won a game for Tennessee. And he's had some decent performances, but they just haven't been up to par with what a starting quarterback needs if you're really trying to spark a football team. Now, Garantano has not lost the football team in any sense. Um, He's been in the program for a very long time now. I I look at Saturday and and what... Look, if I was Jeremy Pruitt, I'd probably start Garantano on Saturday, start the guy that's been in these big games before, and just kind of see what happens, put in Brian Maurer, and then you say Brian Maurer for South Carolina. Like, if I'm being realistic. But Tennessee's going to go down there with the mentality to win that football game, and they're going to do anything and everything they can to try to do that. You know, they, they've got two great running backs, you know, in, in a sense of from where their standpoint is. I don't know if we're going to call them all-time SEC greats, but they're pretty good running backs in the SEC. Tennessee's going to try to use them. Tennessee's got two, two true freshmen starting on the offensive line that have to protect these quarterbacks. The problem is now, what kind of offense are you going to run against Alabama that's going to protect your quarterback, but also give you the ability to try to run the football and run the clock and keep it out of Alabama's hands? I don't know quite what they're going to do with yet. We'll go out to practice. We'll get that figured out. I'm sure Jeremy Pruitt's going to talk about this. But look, I, I just think that going into Saturday, I, I would go with the hot hand right now in the sense of who's going to be able to be the leader on the field at the right time. And I think that's Garantino. But they are going to be switching up these quarterbacks. I think you're going to see two different types of guys on Saturday night. Now, Trey, of course, you've been involved in the Jeremy Pruitt press conferences this week. You've been involved in player interviews this week. In terms of how do we go about attacking Alabama? What's been kind of that whole scheme or that whole form of the operation? What schemes offensively, defensively that Jeremy Pruitt's been talking about? If we do this, if we run this, if we come out like this, 
this gives us the best chance of creating a chance, creating an opportunity to, you know, give Alabama a good push. What's been the strategy offensively and defensively that Pruitt and his staff are drawing up for this week? They got to run the football. They got to figure out a way to run the football. And if that's getting it to the outside and trying to, uh, Alabama linebackers are so fast, but if it's trying to, you know, go one on one on the outside with a, with a linebacker or a corner, then, then potentially try to make that happen. Tennessee's going to come out. They're going to throw a lot of slants. They're going to throw a lot of outs. They're going to try to test Alabama deep early. And here's one thing that Tennessee does have. Tennessee has got themselves a, a wide receiver core that I think can play for any team in the country. I think Mark West Calloway's that good. I think any team would love to have a player like Jawan Jennings, just kind of the dog that he is. And you got a guy like Josh Palmer as well who can fly down the football field. If there's one thing that Tennessee has Saturday night that they need to use to their advantage is getting that ball up and getting some 50-50 balls to Callaway and Jennings. If they can do that, maybe you open it up a little bit. I'm not saying Tennessee's going to come out and score 27 points and no crap like that, but what I am getting is that when you had the offensive weapons on the outside and the tight end, I might add, with Dominic Wood Anderson, you have to try to take advantage of that somehow. So I, I would look for a lot of seven to eight yard outs, uh, a couple posts over the middle, maybe some slants. I mean, I know y'all are used to that Tuscaloosa slant, slant, slant. That's all I see out of Alabama's offense, and it works to perfection. Uh, but I, I think that's what Jeremy's going to try to do. And also, you know, game plan wise is, you know, switch the field, use the punters that he had, Joe Doyle. Or even if it's facts and books, make them make them serviceable because I think Tennessee can do that. And another positive note: Tennessee probably has, uh, I'd imagine, one of the you know top three kickers in the SEC in Brett Samaglia. So I think you, if you get into circumstances and you need points, I think he can get them for you. Um, but it's going to be tough, and Tennessee knows that defensively. Tennessee's going to be down Henry Toa in the first half because he got ejected for targeting. Uh, in the fourth quarter this past Saturday. Uh, they're kind of thin on the defensive line. I think you've got leadership at linebacker with Daniel Patuli. You're going to see five-star from various crowds play uh, at the inside linebacker spot while they wait for Henry to be able to come back in the game in the second half. Uh, and then you look at what Tennessee has in the secondary. They lost Trayvon Flowers, a safety this past week, to a broken ankle in the game against Mississippi State. But I think Tennessee was so deep in secondary uh, that I think they're going to be able to fill somebody in alongside Nigel Warriors. So it's going to be an interesting game to see how Alabama attacks Tennessee. But from a Tennessee standpoint, I think you just got to blitz, blitz, blitz. Try to make Tua uncomfortable if you can. And you can see if you can stop that running game. I don't know how you do it, but you can at least try. And then we'll see what we get out of Saturday night. Trey, you're going to be at this game. I'm going to be at this game. So we're going to probably have to link up, find each other, go grab something to eat, do something after the conclusion of this matchup between Crimson Tide and the Volunteers. But we are joined live via the phone lines in my own words, hotline with Trey Wallace covering the Volunteers for Fox Sports out of Knoxville. That's 105.7 on the FM dial, 1340 AM dial. But Trey, any last final Final thoughts you have for us today regarding this matchup as I am so happy to have you on. I 
think this is a uh, I think this is a game where Alabama fans should not be surprised if Tennessee comes out gun swinging, uh, throwing the football around a little bit, trying to catch Alabama off guard. Um, I also think this is a game where you're going to see an offensive line. That Al- Look, Alabama produces huge defensive linemen. That's what they do. And there are certain spots in Tennessee's offensive line that Alabama can take advantage of. Uh, they won't take advantage of Trey Smith. That's one thing they won't do. Uh, Trey Smith is, is uh, that's a story that, that I think anybody can get around. A player that's dealt with blood clots twice in his college football career and decided, you know what, I want to play football and has come back. And now he looks like the beast that he was his freshman season. So there's a lot of different storylines going into this one. I'm sure a lot's going to be made up of Jeremy and Nick Saban over the next couple of days, and, uh, and as it should be. But this one's going to be a fumble on Saturday night, at least for the first half, I'm hoping. So uh, I look forward to getting down there, Stephen. We'll definitely get together. And hell, by the time this thing over with, man, we'll be getting breakfast. So we'll do something. He's Trey Wallace, everybody, covering the Tennessee Volunteers for Fox Sports Knoxville, 105.7 FM, 1340 on the AM Dow. Trey, appreciate you so much for, for coming on. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you, buddy. See you down in Tuscaloosa. I appreciate it. That was Trey Wallace, ladies and gentlemen. Happy to have him join us live via the In My Own Words hotline. Wallace covering the Tennessee Volunteers for Fox Sports up in Knoxville. 105.7 FM, 1340 on the AM dial. He came on with touch-up Crimson Tide and the Volunteers for this weekend. But now we continue with the conversation on the phone line as we bring in Justin Smith now, the lead scouting and recruiting analyst for Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Justin, how you feeling today? Feeling pretty good today, Stephen. How are you doing? Can't complain right here, Justin. I know your phone line is rocking it's just ringing off the hook right now. The latest news and information coming to Alabama in recruiting as four-star defensive tackle Jameel Burroughs decided to make a verbal commitment to the Tide. The young man at 6'2", 323 pounds out of Powder Springs, Georgia, the same place where Alabama got running back Kenyon Drake from in the 2012 class. Burrow gives the Tide its fourth defensive tackle commitment in this class, its sixth defensive line commitment, and its 23rd verbal commitment overall. How big was getting Burroughs for this class, Justin? And uh, Nick Saban continuing to spurn Kirby Smart on the recruiting trail as this is the fifth commitment for the Tide from the state of Georgia. Yeah, yeah, I think this is a pretty big commitment. I think that Burroughs was a guy, although some recruiting rankings don't have him right high in their recruiting rankings, but Burroughs was a guy that I think Alabama really likes. They have continued to recruit him. Even when he was committed to the Bulldogs, Alabama continued their push. He always talked about Alabama is still around. Alabama's team is a team that's still pushing, so I definitely feel that Alabama really wanted him despite some recruiting rankings had him right on the lower side when you look at the 2020 recruiting class. I think Burroughs is a huge pickup for the Tide. I saw him in action at the Nike opening regional in Atlanta in March, heading into the summer. And as I said in a breakdown video after 
Jamil Burroughs committed, I said that he's a guy who keeps his arms extended. He knows how to work his arms. And when I saw him at the Nike opening regional in Atlanta, they were, he performed well in one on one drills where you cannot just bull rush a guy and show your strength off. You have to use your hand technique. You have to show that you can move well with your hands to, to be successful in those drills. Burroughs succeeded in those drills and one, was definitely one of the top prospects at that Nike opening regional event and that particular performance that he had at the event. Award, rewarded him a um invitation to the Nike opening final in Texas. So I definitely think this is a huge pickup for the Tide as far as a guy that Alabama's coaching staff really wanted on their team. Now, Justin, just to kind of make this clear here, you said he was not highly regarded on a lot of the other recruiting uh, sites here, but doing what you do here for Touchdown Alabama magazine, why do you think in your mind – uh, the young man Burroughs was kind of undervalued, kind of under the radar prior to him making that commitment to the Tide. What made him kind of underrated in your mind? Well, I think the thing that possibly could make him underrated, he doesn't really have the, the fastest jump off the line, but which is something you like to see at the defensive tackle position nowadays. You really want a guy who has the size, but also you want a guy who can jump off the ball and get back there, get back there as quick as possible. But Burroughs does have time to develop that and does have time to make that jump. I think that's the thing that really possibly stood possibly held him back on some recruiting ranks. People feel that he's not possibly fast enough, but I definitely think he has the size at 6'2", 330 pounds. I think he's a very athletic kid. Another thing that I really like about Burroughs is the fact that once he comes to make a tackle, he breaks down, spreads his feet, spreads his legs, and gets into like a basketball stance, which is something you need your defensive tackles to get in once they're trying to make a stance. You need your defensive tackles to get in once they're trying to make tackles in the open field against speedy and explosive skill, skill players. So that that's something I think possibly had him back on some recruiting ranks, but I definitely think this is a guy that Alabama staff really like to get his commitment. So I think it's more the recruiting rankings probably have him low, but I definitely think this is a huge pickup for the Titans. I think their staff really like the Burroughs. Ladies and gentlemen, we are joined via the phone lines right now by Justin Smith, the lead scouting and recruiting analyst for Touchdown Alabama Magazine, talking about one Jameel Burroughs, the four-star defensive tackle for the 2020 class who has just recently committed to the Crimson Tide out of Powder Springs, Georgia. Now, Justin... uh, Alabama on the defensive line, especially after this season, uh, you can expect to lose Raekwon Davis off the defensive line. You can also expect to lose guys like Terrell Lewis and Anthony Jennings off the defensive front, despite the fact that you would return guys like LeBron Ray, DJ Dale, Justin DeBoigby, Byron Young, you know, all Five or uh, the freshman at Alabama signed on the defensive line. You now those guys would be back, with the exception of Antonio Alfano, who was removed from the roster on uh, today. So uh, when you look at you know all five, when you, when you look at all six of these defensive line commitments so far for the 2020 class, who would be the guy right now, or a couple of guys right now that should they sign? come February or during the early signing period. But upon them signing, who is somebody on this list right now that's committed that you think the moment they get to Tuscaloosa, they are going to be a handful to deal with? 
Well, I, the guy I think, I know a lot of people may be surprised about what I say, but the guy who I feel could make that impact, the guy who I was really impressed with, my guy's chance to see him is four-star defensive tackle Jamirian Latham out of Pickens County High School in Reform, Alabama. When you look at Latham, he's the guy that really plays angry. And when I saw him play, he demanded so much from his teammates. He was a leader on the field, and he really played well. When I saw him on one play, basically just ran through a defender to get to the football. He's really athletic for a guy who's – a guy his size, he even plays basketball, so he's a very athletic kid. I think that's the guy who definitely could possibly make an impact at the next level for Alabama. I know a lot of people might feel, hey, he's not playing at that, that much competition at the 1A football level, but from what I've seen from Latham, I was very impressed, and I think he's going to surprise a lot of people once he gets to that next level and once he gets into Tuscaloosa and gets into Nick Saban's and Scott Cochran's scripted conditioning program. I think Latham is really going to shock a lot of people, and this is something that most people may not know, but when DJ Dale was coming out of high school, there was a time when Dale was ranked as a three-star recruit, and Latham was ranked as a three-star recruit at some point in his recruitment on other recruiting rank, according to other recruiting rankings. So that is something very similar as guys, DJ Dale wasn't, DJ Dale was kind of underrated in the recruiting trail at some point, and I feel that Latham was, is definitely underrated at this point. I think he, he can make that jump, he definitely could make that impact at the next level, and I think he's going to shock a lot of people once he gets the opportunity. I was thoroughly impressed by the Pickens County product. We got Justin Smith here on the line, the lead scouting and recruiting analyst for Touchdown Alabama Magazine. I know you are busy. The phone blowing up on your end, Justin. So before we let you go here, also some news in regards to one Bryce Young, the uh, quarterback at a Matter Day High School in California, received his fifth star in terms of his recruiting ranking. Somebody that's very, very talented, a big-time dual-threat quarterback, very strong arm, can make the throws in the field, kind of has that same presence that Tua Tonga-Valoa brought in in the 2017 recruiting cycle from Hawaii to the Crimson Tide. Does the Heisman, does the Heisman as, as where it is right now, should Tua Tonga-Valoa win this thing? Uh, do you think it adds an extra element for Bryce Young to sign, or is it regardless of whether Tua wins the Heisman or not, Bryce Young is going to sign because he wants to be at Alabama. He wants to work with or be coached by Steve Sarkeesian. Does the Heisman matter in terms of Tua winning it when it comes to Bryce Young signing in February? I don't think that, that I don't think that Tua winning the Heisman has any bearing on Bryce Young's decision. I think that Young's decision to flip his commitment, verbal commitment from USC to Alabama was something that he really felt good about. I think he's solely locked in on the tide. I think he had to feel very good to flip his commitment from his home state school and come all the way across the country to Tuscaloosa, Alabama. So I definitely think that is something that Bryce Young felt really comfortable about. As far as his five-star ranking, we at Touchdown Alabama has have always considered Bryce Young to be a five-star quarterback. And he I think he has some similarities to tour as far as like their throwing abilities and them being transcendent quarterbacks in their respective recruiting classes being two dual threat quarterbacks in their respective classes as well but the thing that I really think separates Young from Tua is the fact that Young is more explosive with the ball in his hand when he escapes the pocket and makes plays with his feet I think that Young is a faster faster than Tua and he's he's capable of doing more things with his, with his feet than Tua is especially coming out of high school 
He's Justin Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine, the lead scouting and recruiting analyst joining us here via the In My Own Words hotline to talk the latest news in tie recruiting with Jameel Burroughs, the four-star defensive tackle, giving that verbal commitment to the tide. Bryce Young earning that fifth star and uh got big things going on this weekend alabama tennessee hope to see a lot of those top targets in brian denny taking in the rivalry game but justin appreciate you so much i know you got a lot going on but thank you for taking time to be with us today um thank you so much steven as always everyone who check out the process every monday and wednesday on touchdown alabama's youtube page and i will be traveling to georgia this weekend to check out alabama's newest commit four-star defensive tackle jameel burrows and his teammate and fellow alabama, alabama commit javon baker thank you so much for, for allowing me on Stephen. appreciate it justin and that was Justin Smith of uh, Touchdown Alabama Magazine, lead scout and recruiting analyst, delivering us some information there. But it's been a great show. Got a chance to speak with my man, Trey Wallace, to talk Alabama, Tennessee. Now we just got off a great interview with Justin Smith. Big things going on in recruiting. For me, I got one final thought here. I think the biggest thing in this matchup between Alabama and Tennessee, at some point, Bama's got to do something about this situation at punter. Nick Saban, when he first got to Tuscaloosa in 2007, the first thing he told the fan base was, we are going to give you a product that you can be proud of. And, uh, you know, Nick Saban has been true to that statement for a long time now. I go back to the 2018 college football playoff title game against Georgia. Saban had no problem pulling Jalen Hurts when he saw Hurts struggling, go of Tua Tagovailoa. What happened? Team gets rescued to a national championship. And then you look at this past year, which coming up is the one-year anniversary of Saban making the move to go from Skylar DeLong at punter to Mike Bernier. And though Bernier was not an elite name, he gave you more of a consistency than what Skylar DeLong did. And no offense to DeLong, came in highly touted, highly recruited out of Fort Mills, South Carolina. The young man just not getting it done right now, especially with his best punts, you know, traveling 39 yards. I mean, I thought in the A-Day game, a lot of the issues were cleaned up. Averaged 45, averaged 47, excuse me, and a half yards, 47.5 yards per punt in the spring game. But those same tendencies he showed then, they're not being shown now. And uh, while people are up in arms about the defense, the defense is getting better. The defense is showing growth. The defense is making improvements. It is the punting game that the people, the fans, the supporters of this program not happy about right now. And if I was Nick Saban, I would seriously give a look to true freshman walk-on Thailand Ty Piran out of Prattville, Alabama. I mean, here is somebody that right now, when he came out of high school in 2019, uh, this was somebody that his hang time on punts, 4.7 seconds. That's NFL stuff. That's next level stuff. And talking to his high school, his former high school head coach, Caleb Ross, a couple of his former teammates in Prattville, they have all stated, this guy has an exceptionally strong leg, a big-time athlete, somebody that loves to compete, and he just wants a shot. 
And sometimes those walk-ons, those are the guys that got the real dog in them, that got the real fight in them, and all they want is one opportunity to get on the field and show what they can do. And uh, Alabama's played South Carolina this year. It's played Texas A&M this year. It's going to face a lot more teams on the schedule with elite special teams played at the punter position. Alabama has got to put its best on the field, and right now its best just so looks like to be Ty Piron at a Prattville. You hear me, Saban? Ty Piron, put the boy out there. Let's see this man punt this football can possibly give us or possibly give Alabama exactly what it lost in terms of J.K. Scott departing to the National Football League. Well, folks, that's going to take us now to our final break here on this edition of In My Own Words, the podcast. As always, you download the Touchdown Alabama Magazine app. Uh, get that today for your iPhone. If you're rocking Team Apple, Google Play Store, if you got the Android phone, check out those podcast options bottom of the screen. You also subscribe to TDAlabamaMag.com and Touchdown Alabama Magazine on Face on YouTube. Excuse me. The site, over 1 million video views, over 5,000 subscribers strong. Upon our return, we will recap Bama and Tennessee, that matchup from the third Saturday in October rivalry. Don't touch that down, folks. We're coming back to tidy up loose ends on In My Own Words. 